welcome to the panel. Uh, NZ National, now due to a serious crash, State Highway 1 is closed between Nova Scotia Drive and the Bray in the Waipu area, Northland. The detour will add around 10 minutes travel time. Also, uh, due to a serious crash, State Highway 3 is closed at Pakaraka, northwest of Whanganui, between Maxwell Station Road and Kaiiwi Valley Road. Follow directions from emergency services. A police serious crash unit on route will keep you up to date uh, on that. Uh, and um, just a reminder of our SNAP panel poll. We'll do this topic once and just once, uh, but that is... Should we ban private fireworks? Yes or no? Text me 2101 and why or why not if you've just joined us. 2101. Justin, who's an architect, says no. It is one of the true pleasures of life. Lighting a bonfire, enjoying the fireworks from a safe distance. Perhaps we could restrict the decibels and limit the fireworks to sparklers and Roman candle displays like Mount Vesuvius. Don't you recall these, Wallace? Uh, another one here. We have pets and livestock. Banning them cannot come soon enough. Your thoughts? Well, you're in the CBD. You've just finished your noodles. You grab your bag. You're off to the airport on a quick trip on the new light rail. Well, that was the dream. Not anymore. Auckland's must-discuss light rail project is to be scrapped by incoming Prime Minister Chris Luxon. Uh, we want to cancel light rail. We think it's been a white elephant, he said. Well, Auckland Mayor Wayne Brown has come back with the suggestion of a cheaper option. Part of light rail was to get people out of cars. Congestion is a huge productivity issue, costing the super city around $1.36 billion a year. It was set to go from the Wynyard Quarter out to Auckland Airport. The cost, huge, between $7.3 billion and somewhere around $29 billion. With us is John Reeves, Auckland-based public transport advocate. Kia ora, John. Good afternoon. Nice to have you here on this, uh, John. Very interesting uh, topic, this one. I mean, there's talk of light rail. Any light rail, is it worth keeping the dream alive or is it a dead duck? Well, I would say it's a completely dead duck. Um, and look, look, in principle, we, well, we supported light rail. It's actually a really good idea. However, what the government or the previous Labour government wanted to do was not a good idea and uh, was going to really deliver a suboptimal service for passengers and airport users So, and at a, at a very extremely high price. So it, it didn't really seem to go anywhere, and it, clearly mm. it has gone nowhere. Yeah, big cost. Just explain to us why the Labour version was not a good idea? Well, look, it's it, a very slow route to get to the airport. If you go over the overground, so on the on the streets, it would be a very slow service to the airport. And if you go underground, it becomes incredibly expensive. But being light rail, it can never be as fast as a modern heavy rail train like Auckland has. So it'd still be sort of slower, but cost an awful amount of money to build. We, we saw... Uh, Treasury saying potentially up to $29 billion, but that was two years ago. Now mm. you're probably looking at $40 billion reality. That's extraordinary. Um, it, it's, an, it's an insane amount of money for light rail. When you think about the international uh, global best practice for a big airport of over 23 million passengers a year, uh, is to use heavy rail lines, not to use uh, light rail. I'm, well, I'm just looking, oh, we'll come to our panel, but I'm looking at, I mean, across the Tasman, uh, passengers on Sydney's $3 billion CBD 
and southeast light rail line, uh, passengers have more than doubled in a year. Which, you know, is a major turnaround from a nosedive in patronage during the worst of the pandemic. This is from the Sydney Morning Herald uh, a couple of months back. So uh, is there a case for some sort of rail and indeed that link to the airport? Yeah, well, there's actually two cases, really. There is one case for light rail from Windyoke Quarter, that's downtown Auckland, if people don't know, to towards the end of Dominion Road. That that makes sense over surface, right. over the surface or on the road. That That's a really good um, link, and we've always supported it, and even AT um, supported that up until 2016. And then separately, it built a heavy rail line from Pua Nui and um, Onihanga and extended the existing heavy rail line to Auckland Airport and Mangere. So therefore we get the best of both worlds. We'll get light rail down a key corridor and we'll have an extension of the existing network using the existing trains to Auckland Airport. What do you, and that will be a lot cheaper. Okay. What do you think? I mean, you you, you work in the city. I, I guess it's midtown. But, you know, imagine the scenario. Uh, you're trying to get to the airport and, uh-oh, a light pitter-patter of rain and you go, oh, no, I've got to book my taxi an hour and a half earlier. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing is, you know, when you're a tr- if you're a street running light rail service to the airport, all you need is one car accident to cross the lines or whatever, and the entire light rail network will come to a cl- uh, close. And when you've got lots of pedestrians, motorbikes, uh, e-scooters, buses and things, the, the potential for an accident is, is greater than using the heavy rail network, which is usually um, completely separate right, to Ella, any other mode. Ella Henry, what's your take? Well, first of all, thank you so much. That was such a, a really succinct analysis and, and conclusion you came to. So thank you very much for that. It was very enlightening for me because I, of course, advocate for light rail in terms of it being more green. Um, and I was worried about the idea that if it's gone, are we going to put more gas-guzzling buses into the city? But I think that your idea of a sort of more multiplex kind of idea of let's get people out of the city to uh, on light rail to somewhere else that then connects up to a much broader, system of transport options to and from the airport. I think that's a great idea. No, thanks. <laughs> Ellen. So what what happens with the work that's been done already, you know, in the city, uh, you know, where I live in Eden Terrace, the house has been shaken uh, with the work that they've been doing. So I'm just wondering, is that dead? Well, that's the city rail link. So you were talking about the heavy rail, city rail tunnel, which yeah. is being built from uh, Britain up to Mount Eden. Yeah. So the, the interesting thing is if we built a heavy rail line to Auckland Airport off the existing network, you would be able to dump on a train off the new tunnel that's by your place yeah. and go straight to the airport. With the light rail, well, you wouldn't because it's going to be completely separate. So that's so not going to no, go to the airport? No, well, see, the light rail, if you did light rail to the airport, it makes not a single uh, bit of use of yeah. the heavy rail tunnel that you're you're having by break your house about. Yeah, so it's, it's a bit of a waste of money. Yeah, but uh, light rail, on the other hand, I, in Dublin, when that came in years ago, uh, my family lived, say, the equivalent of Henderson from the city centre. Okay. And the the Lewis, as it's called, has been amazing. And we'd use that more than buses to go into the city. Explain, and explain for our listeners what it is. So it's just, it's it's light rail, it's a... It's a tram. It's an electric tram, and it just goes all over the city, which is it's opened up everything, all the different suburbs. They can easily travel around, and it does make the city busier. And so for us living so far away, paying uh, a lot for a taxi wasn't reasonable. So uh, one star opened up a 10-minute walk from my parents' house. That's We use it a lot, uh, and a lot of friends use it. So it is, I, I think it's... 
I think it's great. I think the light rail is great, yeah. John? Well, look, I would. I mean, I've lived a lot in Switzerland. I have the biggest uh, light rail or tram network in, in the in the Europe, which was uh, in Basel. And um, so I used to use trams all the time. Uh, so I know the value of them. They work really well. But for Auckland and getting to Auckland Airport into Mangani, use the existing heavy rail network. We've, we've spent and invested over $10 billion in the heavy rail network. So why not spend one more, two more, and get it to the Auckland Airport mm. instead of spending 30 or $40 billion to try and get to the airport with a slower alternative, right, which is a, a tram. Yeah, I, I mean, sheeting home back to that issue, Alam, and here you are. You're, you are working in the city and... Uh, the, the problem is that the city, and this is from a business case as well, the city jams up so easily as it stands, doesn't it? Congestion is such a problem in Tamaki Makaurau, Ella Henry. I, I couldn't agree more, and I, I work at, at AUT, so I have to go into the city every day. And if I'm ever travelling by air, I don't even come to the city because I'm fortunate to really? live out west, and we use the tunnel, and, you know, it's. I mean, it used to take me an hour to get to the airport from West Auckland. It takes 20 minutes off peak now. So so we do have a range of, of ways of getting to the airport. It's how we link them up cohesively right. Right. to maximise access to those easy pathways. That's the challenge. Are you hoping, John, if, we, if we're talking in, say, 10 years' time from now, are you hopeful there will be some sort of solution? Well, I do. Look, and I must say, with the new change of government with National Act and New Zealand First, which probably has become going to become more important in the next few weeks, um, we know that New Zealand First and National were not pro-light rail or act, but we do know New Zealand First was very pro the heavy rail line to mm. Auckland Airport. So potentially we may just see uh, things change for the better and you go down and actually look at building the uh, extension of the existing railway line to the airport. Oh, good on you. Um, so fingers crossed, um, common sense prevails on this one. Good on you, John. Thanks for being with us. Uh, that's John Reeves, here, uh, tr- public transport advocate. It's 18 past four. Nice to have your company. Big response. Uh, Stephen Oates. Stephen says, light rail to the airport is not just about getting to the airport. It's about the hundreds of thousands of people who live within a 10-minute walk from a station. Dominion Road will be full of apartments within a decade. You're on the panel. Uh, Dr. Ella Henry joins us, as does Alan McElroy, this Friday afternoon. And to this very interesting research out this morning uh, in the New Zealand Medical Journal, uh, paid parental leave helps protect the mental health of mothers. This from an editorial in the New Zealand Medical Journal. National has promised to pass a bill that allows parents to take paid leave at the same time. Labour's plan was to add an extra four weeks paid leave for partners on top of existing entitlements. Researchers at the University of Otago summarised global research on paid parental leave with a few surprising things mixed in. Co-author Dr. Kate Eckleton spoke to Morning Report today. To continue, we are joined by co-author Professor Roger Mulder at Otago's Department of Psychological Medicine. Professor Mulder, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, kia ora, Roger. This is a summary of research, as I understand, from what, about 45 countries? Yes, uh, so we were quite lucky. We we were looking at the policies for... um, paid parental leave and thought, I wonder if there's any evidence this actually helps people. So we decided to look and see just before the election. (laughs) 
since both parties were in it. And then, fortunately, The Lancet had done this systematic review, the first one ever done, of the effect of paid parental leave on parents' mental health. So, and there, that summarised about 45 studies. They were mainly, they were all actually done in high-income countries, so that's one of the... And that's all the only place the studies have been done. They've always been OECD countries. Okay, so some interesting things teased out in this. One being, uh, one interesting finding is that unpaid leave does not appear to be associated with the same mental health benefits as paid leave. Can you expand on that a bit for us? Yeah, no, well, I mean, again, the studies, no one's done proper studies, they're, they're largely observational and stuff. But yeah, the evidence suggests that it's paid parental leave that makes a difference and that the paid parental leave has to be for two to three months before you get substantial differences. So giving people a couple of weeks off doesn't seem to make a difference. The evidence is stronger for mothers than fathers. So for mothers, right. there's clear benefits and the benefits continue long after the paid parental leave's finished. For fathers, the evidence is it's probably helpful, but there's less evidence and it also may not continue after the end of the paid parental leave. Right. So, yeah, fascinating data here over 45 uh, countries. Ella, let's bring you in. Well, I have two daughters who've just had children, or what I like to call as the COVID babies, um, (laughs) in the last two years. And I have to say, I'm so... Great. I'm so pleased that they were able to take, you know, paid parental leave, spend that quality time, because the assumption that women can just stay at home and be supported with one income these days is kind of bourgeois. I mean, the vast majority of people I know, particularly in my kids' age groups, both of them have to be working to maintain, yeah. you know, mortgages and lifestyle. And so to be able to take that little bit of a break with the newborn baby has been so good for their mental health. And I'm really grateful to our governments for for being committed to that. And I'm really happy to pay extra in taxes to support it. So I think it's a win-win for the society. Roger? Yeah, actually, it's very interesting. They did an economic study and they suggested it may not cost much at all because you actually get downstream benefits. So they did a big systematic review uh, about four years ago, where they said the impact on um, this, because the impact on health outcomes is positive, you reduce other costs. So they said it might actually be cost neutral doing this for taxpayers. Ellen, yeah, I have a, I have a friend dealing with uh, like uh, postpartum, and uh, yeah, I, I think it makes sense uh, to to pay for for the extra time off because it is like the money stress nowadays. And to be less stressed dealing with that, and I don't think everybody would take advantage of it because some people would be sick of their kids and want to go back to work, you know. So <laughs> I don't think it's going, you know, someone's going to just take advantage. Uh, you know, some some people would be ready to go. So I, I think it makes sense. One, yeah, I mean, Roger. But yeah, most people do actually use it. So it's if it's available, people tend to use and they use all of it. So most people are pleased to have. I guess a couple of interesting sort of points to note that this, this is on a backdrop to uh, Professor Mulder that, and indeed timely because New Zealand is, as it stands, one of only three OECD countries that offers no paid partner leave. Yeah, that's just true, three. Actually. Yeah, 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 and uh, our leave amount is in the middle of the pack so we're certainly not at the top of the area but we are we are better than the united states which offers no parental leave at all do you know what they do in dublin ireland i haven't got a clue yeah yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't have a clue 
they probably would go back to work. <laughs> what, 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 what are the outcomes? What does this data or this summarising of the global research over 45 countries, what does it point to? Uh, any yeah, well, perhaps policy ob- observations for us to look at in the future, Roger? Well, I think, I mean, we are looking at it, fortunately. I think it's here. It's also good for the for the babies, it would appear, as well. So it's it really is a good thing to do. And as I said, the cost may not be as much as you would initially think when you look at the downstream benefits. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the question is, what is the optimum? It seems to be more than two or three months, and right. we really don't know how much more than that. Um, and, yeah, you have to have a balance, obviously, but yeah. it does seem that adding something for the fathers, and it's probably better to add it than to sort of substitute, if you like, um, is is a benefit as well. So, so just, I, I think New Zealanders, I don't know when even we introduced it, but we certainly didn't, haven't had it that long. So we're certainly moving in the right direction. So just, just back to my, for example, my experience, you know, I would have, it would have been nice to have had a little bit more time. What did I have? Two and a half, three weeks off, you know, when uh, yeah. little Junior was born sort of six or so years ago. Uh, so other countries, uh, the partner can get significantly more than that paid. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, and it, and of course, nice. it's the usual. It's the usual suspects. The Scandinavian countries right. are most generous about it. But, but yeah. Um, but I mean, I think we're on the right path. And so, in a way, we, we. I guess the the article was to support the governments doing this. I mean, you always slightly worry: is this political? Is there evidence this is a good idea? And I think what this article says very clearly is it's a good idea, and we should support it, and we should continue doing it. Sheet it back to the evidence, eh, and, uh, and then determine uh, outcomes from there. Interesting yeah. stuff, Professor Mauro Kiara. That's, uh, okay. that's uh, Roger Mauro there from uh, Otago University, Department of Psychological Medicine uh, there. Uh, that article, a summarisation of 45 countries that paid parental leave helps protect the mental health of mothers. Um, Huge response, can I just say, and I just reiterating that it comes up, doesn't it, often, but we're going to do this once and only once, and I'll say it once more if you have just joined us, our SNAP panel poll this afternoon, should we once and for all ban private fireworks in this country? Lee says, when I was first in practice in Australia as a vet, fireworks were an annual event. I was so glad to see fireworks eventually banned. There were many casualties from the noises emitted. Sadly, animals lost their lives as a result of the terror of the awful noises. Um, Other people were saying, no, it's harmless fun in a nanny state increasingly environment. So that's the poll, 2101, yes or no to banning them. We'll have the results for you in 15 minutes. Uh, Ella Henry and Ella McRoy on the panel today. Now, I was fascinated by this um, uh, wee article and stuff here. 13 household items that we just don't use anymore. And I found myself nodding in agreement with many of them. When was the last time you saw someone on a street corner holding a paper map? And what about that camcorder? Gone are the days when Dad would be recording the kids' birthday parties on his camcorder. And the landline in the hallway, record the phone on the phone stand and that long cord, you'd try and make that cord longer, try and get it into the bathroom, into the toilet or even into your bedroom if you were lucky.
for a private conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember because uh, it was in the hallway in, in our house and uh, everyone could listen to your conversation. And then if does it, when we got the other phone, when we were lucky enough to get two phones, someone could run upstairs and, and listen and you hear the pip. And it was a nightmare trying to talk to, say, girls. You know, and then you're trying to time it when, because you have to phone the house and if the dad answers. So you have to try and figure out the dad's work schedule. Go, right, he's he's not home between four and five. If I call at four, then I can, he won't answer. I'll get a conversation. Then he'll come home, end the conversation. And that was it. It was too much. Hollow the, hollow the Morton Health Hold. Yeah. Uh, 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 do you want to buy some paint? You know, you just panic. You don't know what to say. Uh, Ella, what about you? Do you um, have a yellow pages still handy? Do you still have an old school alarm clock by your bedside? Do you know what? I looked at that list that was sent out and there is not one single item on that list that I miss. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's because I'm old enough to have remember having memories of a party line telephone where when you picked it up, everybody in town could be listening to your oh, phone. Oh, wow. Which, which sounds a little bit like what might be happening with my cell phone these days. But anyway, um, yeah, no, you, you all shared the one line and you had to know your number of rings and that was your call and you'd pick it up and you'd never, hear like lots of people breathing and go, Auntie, Auntie, hang up. Hang up now, Auntie, or I'll come over to your house. That's insane. <laughs> I never knew that. I never knew that. So I, I was lucky. <laughs> so, so what there'd be, what, there could possibly be five or six people on the same line. Probably about eight or ten. I mean, we are talking wow. about Kaitaia in the 1950s. You know what I mean? Amazing. That was 60 years ago when when we didn't have your own individual telephone line. So, as I said, there's Look, really nothing on that uh, list I miss. Yeah, it's all about progress, isn't it, Ella Henry? Oh. You know, forget the f- f- forget the old alarm clock. You know, bang, hey, bang, onwards bang. and upwards. I say <laughs> onwards. You know, like 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 uh, into infinity and beyond. And I still have panic attacks about alarm clocks going yes. to school. I can't. And their phone in the hallway. The no. phone in the hallway. Yeah. Uh, you're on the panel, RNZ National. Uh, don't ban fireworks. I am 66, and I just love them. The bonfire, the barbecue. The loads of family enjoying the personal fireworks, supervised and safe. 